Well, good morning and welcome to our 20th online gathering at Kirkpatrick. Whether you're part of the church family or welcoming us into your home for the first time, we are glad to be with you. As with previous weeks, this service is designed to run as a playlist on YouTube, so please do make sure that you're set up to watch it like that. These last few strange months will have many memories for us all. But for a house like ours, with a two-year-old in it, this has been the season of new words. Lena's vocabulary has grown so much over the past few months and there are a few particular phrases that she uses multiple times a day. Her current favourite is this. Mummy, help. Mummy, help when that piece of the puzzle will not fit in. Mummy, help when she's fallen and her knees are cut. Mummy, help when she's trying to come down a really big step. What about you? What about me? Where do we look for our help? Most of us are not two years old, so we don't shout like she does. But we do look for help from somewhere. Already in our series, working our way through the Songs of Ascent, we've been given wonderful truths about the Lord, who is seated on his throne this morning, and in whom we can find true help. Here are a few of them. I call on the Lord in my distress and he answers me. The Lord watches over you. The Lord will keep you from all harm. Our eyes look to the Lord our God till he shows us mercy. The Lord answers, watches, protects and is merciful to his people. True help, whatever situation we may be facing, is found in him. We are completely undeserving of anything from the Lord and yet he is merciful to us through the perfect work of his son, Jesus. This morning, the wonderful truth is that we can know the help of the living God as his dearly loved sons and daughters. Why would we look for help anywhere else? Let us pray. O Lord our God, we lift our eyes to you this morning, to you whose throne is in heaven. Thank you, Father, that you watch over your people. We praise you that we can find our help in you, the one who promises to keep us secure in him. O Lord, we look to you afresh this morning and ask that you would be merciful to us. Forgive us for failing to live lives that would bring honour to your name. Forgive us for looking to other things, for help and hope. Lift our eyes to you again, we pray. Remind us afresh of all that is ours in you and change us to be more like Jesus. In his precious name we pray. Amen. Well, let's sing praise to God now as we sing the song, God, the Uncreated One. And after that, Esther Henry will read today's psalm for us. Today's Bible reading will be Psalm 124. If the Lord had not been on our side, let Israel say. If the Lord had not been on our side when people attacked us, they would have swallowed us alive. 
When their anger flared against us, the flood would have engulfed us. The torrent would have swept over us. The raging waters would have swept us away. Praise be to the Lord, who has not let us be torn by their teeth. We have escaped like a bird from the fowler's snare. The snare has been broken and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Hello, everyone. I don't know if you're into table quizzes at Kirkpatrick. In our house, we're pretty divided on the subject. I quite like them. Emma is not a fan. But since I'm the one giving the sermon, I thought I would indulge myself just a little. I'm going to start with a trivia question. Are you ready for it? Here it is. What was the most streamed film during lockdown? Hmm. Well, if you've answered Contagion, you'd be right. A film about a deadly virus that almost wipes out the world's population. Maybe that's because you're one of the people who watched it. And if you couldn't get it, it's probably because you didn't watch it. And maybe like me, you're wondering why on earth would anyone want to watch a film like that at a time like this? And yet, there we have it. This was the most streamed film on Netflix during lockdown. And you know, in some ways that shouldn't surprise us. As a society, we're drawn to these dark stories that reflect some of the dark things happening in our world. I don't know if you've noticed, but in recent years, there's been a steep rise in an interest in dystopian genre. We've had books, films, television shows, all reflecting this theme. Things like The Handmaid's Tale, Hunger Games, The Walking Dead. Even George Orwell's classic dystopian novel, 1984, soared back to the top of the bestsellers list when the 45th president was inaugurated not that long ago. You know, lots of experts have wondered why this might be. And they've suggested that these stories perhaps create a space for us to ponder some of our collective fears together. In other words, these dystopian stories ask the what if questions. What if this were to happen? I don't know if you noticed, but our psalm for today begins with a what if question. It's not a what if question about the future. It's a what if question about the past. The psalmist asks the almost unthinkable question for Israel. What if the Lord had not been with us? What if God had not been on our side? I can't stress enough just how unthinkable, how unimaginable that was for Israel. They were, after all, God's people, God's chosen people. They were defined by their covenant relationship with him. And so to suggest that God may not have been with them, well, that really was unthinkable. And yet the psalmist allows himself just for a moment to think about it in the hypothetical, to wonder, what would it have been like if God had not been with us? 
And in answer, he paints two pictures for us that are as frightening as anything we might see on the cinema screen. The first is of this. A terrible monster that devours God's people, swallows them whole, eats them alive. They are totally devoured and consumed by the enemy. And the second is just as troublesome. This time, Israel is imagined adrift on a turbulent sea, without a life raft, without any hope of getting to the shore, left to drown in the violent waves. Let's have a look again at the words. The flood would have engulfed us. The torrent would have swept over us. The raging waters would have swept us away. It's hard not to recall the brooding waters mentioned at the beginning of Genesis here. It seems to me that the psalmist is suggesting that without God, chaos comes again. Or as W.B. Yeats puts it in his famous poem, things fall apart. The centre cannot hold. Mere anarchy is loosed upon the world. I wonder today, does that feel like a description of our world? Do you feel like chaos has returned again? That things are falling apart? In recent years, we have seen tremendous upheaval in the world. Political and social unrest, economic change, rapid technological and social change as well. And then the pandemic happened and we were greeted with pictures like this. Large cities almost completely emptied of people. Scenes that could have been lifted from the latest Hollywood disaster epic, except they weren't. They were all too real. And we were left to feel as if we were living through our own dystopian nightmare. But I want to encourage you this morning that though it may have seemed that way, it's in fact not the case. Because on this journey of the Psalms of Ascent, we've been reminded that there is a greater reality beyond the difficulties of our present moment. This dog-eared songbook that we've been reading together has invited us to look above the gloom to a brighter future that awaits us, a future that's with God. Because at the end of the day, our predilection for dystopia is nothing more than a projection of our worst fears, an indulgence in collective hopeless speculation. But it's interesting to me that this is not why the psalmist imagines the what if. It's not to indulge himself. In fact, it's to draw attention, to draw Israel's attention to the reality of existence. A reality that God is in fact with Israel and God will continue to be their help. This is where Psalm 124 now brings us. With verse 6, we have this turn, this shift Away from this focus on the what if to a focus on the reality. Let's look again at what the psalmist says, shall we? Praise be to the Lord who has not let us be torn by their teeth. We have escaped like a bird from the fowler's snare. The snare has been broken 
and we have escaped. Did you notice how this story of Israel's deliverance is actually told here as a song of praise? Praise be to the Lord, it begins. It's a history told with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving to the God who's rescued Israel. You see, as it turns out, that mighty Leviathan did not devour. The great oceans did not overwhelm. Israel's is a story of redemption, of deliverance, of hope. But we need to remember that it didn't always seem this way to God's people. There were times in their history and their journey where they felt that God perhaps had abandoned them. We think of the exile, for example. But what the psalmist is doing here is he's asking God's people to look back at their history, to look back in particular at those difficult moments, those times of trial, and to see that God was there all along. Last time I preached, I think if you'll remember, I encouraged us to think about a practice called the examine. It's when we look back in a period of our own lives and ask God to help us see where he's been at work. Well, as I prepared for this sermon and I was reading this psalm again, it occurred to me that perhaps what the psalmist is doing is calling us back to a type of collective exam. He's asking us as a people to look back at our shared history to those difficult times in particular to see where God has still been at work. Because even when that great monster was breathing down the necks of Israel, and even when the waters were creeping right up their necks, threatening to drown them. They didn't prevail. Theirs was a story of rescue, of hope. God was with them. And we need to remember that God is with us as well. Of course, all this is not to say that we are somehow immune to suffering in this world. We all know from our own experience that that's just not the case. Tragedy befalls us in this life. We all experience hard times. But it is to say that God is with us. However, I recognise, perhaps reading this psalm, that some of us are maybe struggling with these words. Maybe for some of us, those earlier verses of this psalm, the what-if scenario, seems to articulate better how we're feeling today. Well, if that's the case... I just want to encourage you to be honest with God about it. Because if we are going to go deeper in and further up in our relationship with God, as Christoph challenged us at the beginning of this series, well, we need to be honest. We don't need to hide things from God. We need to be open with him. As I've been thinking about these Psalms, I've been reading again Eugene Peterson's great book, A Long Obedience in the same direction, where he reflects on each of them. And I was struck this week reading about this need for honesty in Peterson's reflection on this psalm. Let me share with you what he writes. Don't hesitate, he says, to put this psalm or any other scripture passage under the searchlight of your disbelief. The reason many of us do not ardently believe in the gospel is that we've never given it a rigorous testing, thrown our hard questions at it, faced it with our most prickly doubts. 
You know, I think Peterson is absolutely right about this. And more than that, I think that this sort of rigorous testing is best done in community. It's best done in the church. With the people of God, with those companions, those fellow pilgrims who are journeying with us on the road. After all, this psalm, we must remember, is addressed to a community, not to individuals. Remember again how it begins, sandwiched between that repeated opening sentence, if the Lord had not been on our side, is the phrase, let Israel say. Let all God's people say. The command here interrupts the flow of the song to remind us that as hollow as this phrase might have sounded during lockdown for the psalmist, it's true. We really are all in this together. You see, as Peterson explains, God's help, as it's described in the psalm, is not a private experience. It's a corporate reality. We are called to sing about this hope together, to remind one another that God is in control. Because after all, Christ is risen. He has conquered death and the powers of death are beneath his feet. And that means that as we as a society, as a community, look back and reflect over this pandemic. As we begin to try and make sense together of what has been, according to many experts, a type of collective trauma. We need to keep this hope forefront in our minds. We need to remember that despite the challenges that we've been through, God has been our help. But you know, I just want to stress that this will involve a group effort. I'm thinking a little bit ahead to next week because in the psalm we'll be thinking together next week, Peterson uses this beautiful image of mountain climbers tied together as they climb up the side of the mountain. If one of them slips, well, the other will hold him or her um, in place. And he reminds us too that Jesus is that lead mountain climber, the one who goes before us up the mountain. And I thought today I might give you another way to think about this image. In our our, our service last week, uh, Christoph, um, rather humorously really, suggested some pop songs that might go with some of the Psalms we've been reading. I don't have a pop song for you this morning, but I do have a song that means something to me. Because one of our favourite films to watch together as a family is Mary Poppins Returns. Now for you purists out there, okay, it may not be as good as the original, but Emma and I love it because our children love it and we love to watch them watching it. If I had to choose a song from the film, one that reflects this psalm we've been reading, but also one that happens to be my children's favourite, it would probably be the one that ends the film. It's called Nowhere to Go But Up. It imagines life as a balloon that tumbles or rises depending on what is inside. Fill it with hope, says the little balloon lady who hands out balloons to the residents of Cherry Tree Lane. And of course, those who have hope inside grab the balloon 
and take off into the, the great blue yonder. And my children love that amazing spectacle of all of these people floating through the sky, clutching these multicoloured balloons. And I love it too. But I have to say that my favourite thing about this song is that it captures this idea that sometimes we need our friends, our neighbours, the people around us to help us keep that hope alive, the hope that we have inside. This is how the, the song puts it. If your day's up the spout, well, there isn't a doubt. There's nowhere to go but up. And if you don't believe, just hang on to my sleeve. There's nowhere to go but up. I don't know if Christoph would agree with this choice, but I think this song perfectly sums up Psalm 124. Because this psalm reminds us that as God's people, there really is nowhere to go for us but up. As we said at the start of this series, we are on a journey upwards. We're on an incline. We're on this great pilgrimage towards God. And we don't walk this alone. There are pilgrims stretching back through the centuries to those first pilgrims making their way to Jerusalem. And there are pilgrims who stretch before us, ahead of us in time. Those generations who will come after us, who will continue the journey, who will carry on the baton of faith. Our journey is upwards. It's towards God. So no matter how tough this journey may seem at times, no matter how hard you find the road under your feet, remember, God is with you. He is your help. Christ is before you. And your brothers and sisters in Christ walk beside you, fellow pilgrims on the road. This is the message of Psalm 124. It's a message of hope and encouragement and comfort for these times. And it's a message that the psalmist perfectly sums up, I think, in that last verse. That singularly beautiful sentence that, as it happens, was John Calvin's favourite verse of scripture. Because according to him, it just perfectly summed up the Christian life. Let's have a look at it again. Our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Now we're about to finish, but there are two quick observations I want to make about this verse. And the first is a pretty simple one. Do you notice here how there's a shift in the tense? Before we'd been in the past tense, we'd been looking back at Israel's history, the reality of their history, a history where God rescues them. But here the verse is in the present reminding us that that history of God's help in ages past is also our present reality and it's our hope for years to come. So that's the first observation. The second is this, and you're maybe way ahead of me on this one. Have you noticed that the psalmist is picking up a familiar theme here? Where have we heard these words before? Well, if you've been paying attention last week or if you've been taking up Christoph's challenge to learn Psalm 121, you'll of course be well ahead of me. Because we've heard these words before, haven't we? Remember how Psalm 121 begins. Let me see if I can do it without looking at my notes. Oh, I had to look. I lift my eyes to the hill. Where does my help come from? 
My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. This tells us, this repetition of this phrase, of this theme, tells us that it's pretty important for us to remember, isn't it? And if, like me, you struggle to learn Psalms off by heart and you have to glance at your notes from time to time, can I suggest that maybe it's enough to learn even this one verse? Because if we remember nothing else from my sermon today or from this whole series, remember that our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And to that, let all God's people say, let all Kirkpatrick say, Amen. Let's take some time to reflect on what the Lord has been saying to us using another one of Ian White's videos in which he has put this psalm to music. This is not a video to sing along with, but rather a tool for reflection on what has been shared. Once this is finished, we will sing together, Bless the Lord, O my soul. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth, Yahweh, Jehovah, Jesus Christ. Isaiah says of Jesus, his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Our prayers of intercession today are going to be structured around those names of God. And as a way of joining me in this prayer and demonstrating our unity as a church, even though we are scattered, um, when I say, Lord, in your mercy, I invite you to respond with the words, hear our prayer. So let's pray. Wonderful Counselor, thank you that just as you made heaven and earth, you also knit us together in our mother's wombs. You have searched us and you know us. We are convicted by this, Father, and we pray for your mercy because we enter your presence as sinners. Forgive us, Father. You have searched us and you know us. Thank you, Father, that this also means you understand our burdens. We pray this morning for those of us who grieve, who have lost loved ones and sit in your presence brokenhearted. We pray that you would counsel and encourage them. We pray for those who are struggling with feelings that overwhelm, a mental health crisis exacerbated during a pandemic that can play on the exact anxieties that cause so much hardship. We pray for healing and for understanding. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Mighty God, we appeal to you to heal our land, to end the spread of COVID-19. This is a problem that is too big. We do not know what to do or what to pray. We can only look to you where our help comes from. Father, we think particularly of places in our world where it seems like containing the spread will be particularly difficult. We pray for the DR Congo, where they are dealing with another outbreak of Ebola as well as coronavirus. We pray, pray for places where Christians are persecuted, Father. 260 million members of the body of Christ. Deliver them from evil, Lord. We pray for the church in China. And as they seek to love their neighbours as they love themselves, Lord, we pray for other religious communities suffering from repression there, especially the Uyghur people. We ask for the will of our mighty God to be done. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. 
Everlasting Father, we thank you for our adoption as your sons and your daughters. And we pray for those who need the love of a parent right now. We pray today for the ministry of Home for Good and for all those involved in the care of orphans and vulnerable children. And as foster and adoptive parents need more support now than ever, we pray for encouragement, for energy, for perseverance and for hope. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Prince of Peace, we pray for your intervention in the wars and crises in Yemen and in Syria and in Libya. In each place, Father, we pray for a just end to violence and for protection for the most vulnerable. We pray for our city and our country. We pray for peace and an end to the divisions that have caused such pain and suffering. We pray for wisdom and inspiration for the church to know how to be a prophetic voice, a light in the darkness, how to model your peace that passes understanding. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Thank you that you are our wonderful counsellor, our mighty God, our everlasting Father, our Prince of Peace. And we pray in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Amen. Isn't the last verse of Psalm 124 just brilliant? What about us, the children of God? Our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. What a wonderful truth for us to stand on this week, whatever lies ahead for us. Our help is in him. Let me say a big thank you to Esther for reading, um, to Mark for leading our prayers and to Paul for his teaching from Psalm 124. As we close, we're going to sing the hymn, O God, our help in ages past. And the words of the final verse are our prayer to finish this morning. O God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come. Be thy our guide while troubles last and our eternal home. Amen. <laughs>